You're now listening to Live Chat Radio. And then in the reflection behind me, I see a pregnancy test box on the floor. And so someone is clearly taking a pregnancy test in a Walmart bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's huge. It's ridiculous. And I saw so many cotton patches. Oh my God. I tell the kids, we don't, we don't get out. Y'all gonna pick some cotton. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> everybody welcome to live chat radio this is your girl e calloway with e calloway management and i am felicia benjamin with the zoe communications agency and alicia magazine welcome to the show today we are talking about how to start a revolution oh and you can also follow us on social media and visit us on our website at lifechatlive.com you just put it <laughs> i just plow through all of it put it all in there yeah you yeah. can find us on social media at life chat radio we are on facebook instagram twitter and now we're on um google music so nice. if you are listening to us in some weird place like stitcher or soundcloud or TuneIn, and you have an android device did you know you can go now to google music find us out under podcast you just and then you just put life chat radio in the search and every time a new show uh comes up you will find out about it if you subscribe to the channel there you go google music yeah um so now i can start talking about our topic huh yes you so can. today we are in of course our how to start a revolution series and we're excited to have a very special guest on today she's going to be talking about all the revolutionary things <laughs> that she's a part of right and on. she is that um but first we're going to go into our quote and our word for the day uh I'm going to quote first. Uh, go for okay. it. So quote is, those who make peaceable revolutions. Oh, wait. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rewind that. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. That's John F. Kennedy. Oh, John F. F. Kennedy. What a peaceful JFK. guy. <clears throat> what a peaceful guy. I was just guy. looking at Jackie O last night, actually. Yeah, there's going to be a new movie about her. Is it? Yeah, it's getting ready to come out. That. I love her. Yep. And um, our word for the day is acquiesce. And acquiesce means, it is a verb, you're welcome. <clears throat> and it means, excuse me, to accept something reluctantly, but without protest. So uh, we'll hear a little bit of that in our guest <laughs> for today. Yes. Man, she's super passionate about what it is that she does. Her name is um, Destiny Herndon De La Rosa all the words mm -hmm. um, and she is a part of an organization she started an organization called New Wave Feminists and I know some of you guys are probably like what the heck are you talking about feminists y'all bringing feminists on the show now because I didn't even know y'all were about that life uh, but she's super <laughs> interesting and she talks a bit about how you know this calling kind of found her she didn't go running to it she just um, has acquiesced to it and right. has uh, continued to plow the field so super interesting interview with her they've got some very cool things going on on, and she's got a very balanced uh, perception about how this whole pro-life, pro-choice thing works and what it looks like and how to serve women well. Yeah, how, how it can actually work together, I think <coughs> it's going to be um, really important. She talks about an app that they created. Anyway, you'll listen to the interview. So how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, my Thanksgiving itself was really good. Um, I got sick. Zoe was sick mm. the, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Man puked everywhere she puked 16 times oh my god and then it started coming out of the other side so just like the worst 
day oh was so bad and i thought that i finally just ended up calling the clinic um I called her doctor mm-hmm. and they prescribed something for us to to take the next day so she took it and it calmed everything down because mm-hmm. she wasn't even keeping down liquid oh my goodness couldn't get gatorade was it a bug or something mm-hmm. and so i thought we're gonna get over it it'll be mm-hmm. fine so she was sick for a couple of days and then would you know sunday midnight you. actually it was monday at midnight <laughs> i said bro Oh. Child, that thing took me out. Oh my god! We slept the next day until like twelve, one o'clock. But not she slept more than I did. I was up and back and forth from the from the bathroom. Oh, bathroom yeah, yeah, man, pretty much. Yeah, so I lost some weight at the beginning of the week, <laughs> and I'm just not getting Thanks, over it. Yeah, I just started eating again like two days ago. Wow. Yeah, man, that's too much. It's rough. I'm glad you're feeling better. Well, here I am. Yes. Um, so we went to Arizona for Thanksgiving. It was very fun and long. Uh, 14 hours. Well, 14 and a half hours. Who drove? A little longer than that. We split it. We split the time. Myself and my cousin. Mm-hmm. Oh, like there's no way that I would drive. 14 hours. Oh, my gosh. No. No. Absolutely not. Like, I'm going to be spending the night. I'm going to sleep. And then we're going to drive like five. Three hours, four. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's way too much. Um, But nonetheless, it was a great experience. Like, to see the mountains and just get out of, you know. The city. Exactly. Just get out of Dallas for a while and see something different. So, it was fun. Yeah. I got sick down there, though. Like, the last day. We we left Friday morning. I got sick Thursday night, like Ooh. asthma because the weather changed yeah, yeah, yeah. down here. Yeah, so that was kind of funky, but rough. Well, welcome back to Thanks. Dallas, Texas. Thanks. We don't have real mountains here. We have that <laughs> at one, all. We have that one fake one. Oh my one. gosh! It started getting like mountainy, like coming out of Texas. First of all, it took almost ten hours to get out of Texas. That's because Texas is huge. It's ridiculous, and I saw so many cotton patches. <laughs> Oh my god! I tell the kids we gonna we gonna get out. Y'all gonna pick some cotton, <laughs> so y'all can understand the struggle. You silly! <laughs> it was like, no, man, we are not. You were so um, silly. Yeah, so it was fun. That's that was awesome. Good. And so now you're back, and it's yes. about to be Christmas time. Yes, it is. Are you well? Are you? How are you planning for the new year, Esther? I know that you you don't go into resolution mode. You go into like goal setting mode. Yeah, I hate resolutions. They don't work. I know it. You've been doing the sixty day challenge. Yeah, sixty one actually. Sixty one day it's, challenge. Mm-hmm. What, what day, day are you is this? on? This is I don't know. Like thirty fourth day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and how is that going for you so far, dear? Um, I'm almost done. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. All right, that. but the whole I am. I'm half. We're halfway there. Yeah, oh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit over the halfway mark. So, are you trying to do more than one habit? Or are you doing like one main? No. Habit? So I do one main habit. Like it's five categories that we're focusing on, and out of the five categories, we put like two or three different suggestions of what you can do out of mm-hmm. those categories. Mm-hmm. But and you can choose as many as you want, but it's just easier to choose one mm-hmm. that you're gonna like stick to, and then if you can do another one, then that's great. But if you fall off of one. Then you don't feel bad like I okay. quit everything basically. All right. So it's just you have to pick one. And mine is health, and I do thirty minutes of some type of exercise. Like it's very, <laughs> it's very different. Like Something. when we were driving to Arizona, I I literally had to work out in the car, just like blast the music and like do some leg curls and like arms and doing it. Whatever. It was very interesting. You did it though. Um, yeah. And then last night I went to a house party, so my my cardio was dancing mm-hmm. and, and like she has like three flights of stairs, so like going up and down the stairs. You know, <laughs> you gotta, get it in. You just gotta you just gotta do what worked. You know what I'm saying? Like it, like starting off, it was it was easier to be like, yeah, I'm gonna do thirty minutes of cardio, 
and then I'm like, you get burned out. Mm-hmm. Like and they, they say normally it's 21 days, which is a complete lie. That's really like the 21 days to just get it in your head that yeah. this is what I'm going to do. But it takes 61, between 61 and 66 to actually change your lifestyle, mm. which is the point. Like, yeah. And not necessarily just in your health, but whatever, whether that's your business or your, your finances, like right. you're just basically trying to create a habit. And if you do it consistently for... 61 days then it becomes a part of you you know right so on. that's the goal well yeah. congratulations on being happy well, there thanks yeah it's what kind of uh, what kind of goals are you setting for 2017 um definitely financial like i, I need to see immediate increase um <laughs> and i need to get out of debt yeah for sure Ooh, like we i'm so i crave yeah. it yeah. i crave yeah. it i started writing out some plans just yesterday you know what's so sad I, i'm gonna take your um i'm gonna take your advice about habit forming but mm-hmm. I, I put on paper what my what some tangible financial goals are mm-hmm. and it's not like it's not that hard yeah it guess, doesn't feel like it right when it you write just, it down on paper you're like that's easy yeah but it's gonna take <laughs> persistence and oh, i think gosh. the part yeah. the part the part about business that i really hate i hate sales i just mm-hmm. do not enjoy selling but but you sell yourself all the time i know it but in, in, <laughs> and you really have to know how to and i know how to do it i know yes. how to tell people how to do it and um i just don't do it myself and so i am going to start taking steps right now my actually i'm going to work on some stuff tomorrow to combine what i know about sales mm-hmm. and what i know about marketing and which is vast it is a vast ocean and mm-hmm. i'm just going to start to execute on it i have one number that i need to get to to set a really solid fast foundation i wrote it down i was like why the heck am i not this is not (laughs) this is not this is not that hard Mm -hmm. i should not be this is not that hard it's usually that like the seeing the seeing the vision or seeing like setting that main goal of x amount or whatever it is right when you look at it it doesn't and it's probably not hard i think that the hardest part is like you said the being persistent Mm -hmm. and like the 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 execution of it right. is so imperative you know what the t- the, it is also i've been listening to some things on mindset it mm-hmm. really is an undoing of a mindset that i think we were un we they we were un, un, unintentionally taught survival mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we i don't know if we were all necessarily taught especially coming kind of from my breed yeah we weren't taught what real success could look like right and so i think sometimes we hit survival and it's like okay i'm good yeah and we don't do the work to go past just surviving you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. And so i think some of that is some undoing in our mindset of being okay with knowing that certain things are capable right and that you can actually acquire them and it is okay and you will be fine you yes. know i think i yeah. think there's some undoing that has to be done in order to achieve that so you talk about mindset um have you heard of it's a carol dewick have Mm-mm. you heard of her you've Mm-mm. heard her so so she has a book called the growth mindset which mm-hmm. is like really interesting i've been watching some of her videos online and she talks about the difference between having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and so the mindset that you're talking about she references it as a fixed mindset where you you're really here like you don't really know what your full purpose is so you're just here to maintain basically mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. you get you find yourself getting to a certain level of success and then you just kind of sit back in mm-hmm. and like relax in and mm-hmm. oh i'm good i can retire from this like that type of mindset mm-hmm. which is fixed versus a 
every time you even even in your mistakes you are growing even mm-hmm. in like whatever whatever opposition comes before you that you're taking that as a opportunity to learn something from and so you're always involved yeah. you know evolving yeah. you're always expanding like that's the whole point yeah. but most people are not most people don't look at a mistake as like well this is awesome yeah look at this great mistake that I just made. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to make mistakes. So because we get into this mindset that we never want to make mistakes, then we don't push ourselves past our comfort zone Mm -hmm. to even expose ourselves to mistakes. Right. And to just launch yourself into it. Like throw yourself into the mistake. You just have to learn how to get comfortable with, just throw yourself into it because there's no way you're going to know. And this is what I'm going to start to teach about even in marketing next year. Uh, I want to take on a certain number of coaching clients, Mm -hmm. but you, in marketing, you got to get comfortable with just throwing ish out there. Right. You just got to throw it and throw it and throw it over and over again until you find the thing that sticks. Mm-hmm. And it is like you have to learn how to pick yourself back up again and do it again when that last yes. thing doesn't work. And that's fine, but it shouldn't. You don't. You don't have time to work that slowly. You right. really just need to say, okay, that message didn't work, or that series mm-hmm. of things that didn't. And why? Work. Why didn't why it work? Didn't you work? examine it. Yeah. Right. I wanted at the beginning of the year when I start with new clients. The very first thing that I want to start to talk about is getting inside your the mind of your target demographic. Mm-hmm. Like really think about who they are. Where are they? What are they right. talking like? What do they sound like? When are they doing what they're doing? How mm-hmm. do you get inside of their mind? Because the truth of the matter is that if you can get inside of their brain. Then you can learn how to craft the things right. to say and to do that's going to so attract that them. You'll, that mm-hmm. you'll attract them. I did. I, I just randomly experimented last week on um, a sponsored post mm-hmm. um, to see, and I set up the demographics that I that I wanted. Mm-hmm. But the people who were engaging with it were still the wrong people, which tells me that I've got to do a whole other layer of work in right, order to, to get, get outside. Right. <clears throat> which means that I'm going to have to take myself to some places in order to attract those other people mm-hmm. because these are still the wrong ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you have and those are the people that you probably not everybody but it, it brings you to the realization that that's what you've been attracting like yes especially if you haven't taken it to that next right. level and you, so. it's not that you meant to it's right. just that that's what you had when you started mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you because you know who it is that you are trying to get these are not the yeah, right ones right and, so now and you have to basically become that like the people you that do. you're targeting you gotta, the people that you know you want to attract you have to become that and then you have to go to where they are yeah you have to go find out where they are and shake their hands and get in front of them mm-hmm. and then pull them into your world yeah and then hopefully that will start to create a different kind of cycle for yes. you and then your sales whatever marketing attempts that you're trying to make now socially will work better for mm-hmm. you but you got to go past these people that you're getting right now right and that takes another level of work it does it really does very good well tw- 2017 is going to be 2017 is going to be a fantastic year yes. i feel it for mm-hmm. in my core yeah. i feel it in the depths of my core it's going to be a really fantastic year yeah. but some of that is because i've been i've personally been trying to be on purpose about laying a different level of um, groundwork yeah i've been working for the past several months mm-hmm. to prepare for what 2017 Something. looks mm-hmm. like for me i just i'm not going to start as a matter of fact, the first workshop that I'm going to offer is for people who want to launch in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so I want to take on people who wa- are who want to use 2017 as the groundwork. Like, how do you experiment with marketing messages? Or how do you experiment with workshops or with programs that you think you want to put into your infrastructure later on? Right. How do you use this year really on purpose to figure out what is going to work and what's not going to work? So yes. when you actually launch in 2018. In 2018, it's like full 
fully ready. You already know what you're not experimenting. You don't have to guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. And people need that. Absolutely. Especially starting new businesses. Right. Um, So we will be back with um, our special guest, Miss Destiny Herndon De La Rosa. Good job. Hey, I didn't look at my paper. I mean, my (laughs) phone. Okay, guys, we'll be back. You're listening to Life Challenge. It's not. Well, it. It's a, it's a story. It's, it's a love story. It's not your typical type of love story, though. Well, just listen. Once upon a time, but not long ago, before the civil rights movement and the new Jim Crow, sit back, I'll introduce you to a wonderful place in every state called My Hood, USA. Life wasn't perfect, but they did what they could. And people took pride in their neighborhood. They had doctors and lawyers, artists, barbers, and teachers, entrepreneurs, politicians, and preachers. Stable universities, sports leagues, and banks. You invest and trade here, cause in other places you can't. Black owned, from the cradle to the coffin. Before the NBA, we had a history of balling. Durham, Greenwood, Atlanta, Sweet Auburn, Quakertown, and Denton, Third Ward, Houston. But here's a caution. Why they wanted their turn to just earn and make a living? Some just wanted them to burn, baby, burn. It was vicious. If the city wasn't consumed by unexplained flames, it would eventually change due to imminent domain. How can you own a home if you can't get a loan? And the powers that be just redline your zone. <laughs> the government wants your value to drop, so then the private investors come through and buy up your spot. You can't win fighting the government and KKK. Plus integration hit my hood in a curious way Blacks moved to the burbs, trying to escape the system But they took stability and wealth right along with them The ownership and financial stimulation It makes it much easier for gentrification We ain't building jobs to build schools to build wisdom But instead we build debt, so they build more prisons With few taxpayers, they make money off policing Fines and tickets, I'm getting searched for no reason Police are underpaid, but they are making a killing Compound that with the crack epidemic So now we got dope fiends shooting dope Who don't know the meaning of Harvard nor Hope Howard or Prairie View, even at Tuskegee Morehouse next to the poorhouse Baby, we leaving for the American dream It's in the burbs now Opportunities in my hood get turned down Community service groups, they turn into gangs They hammers with bad aim, they banging on everything So now my friend on the next street becomes my enemy No job to distract us, cause we ain't got an industry All we got is liquor stores next to a Burger King Next to a pawn shop, next to a Dairy Queen Next to the China shop, next to the gas station Next to the five churches, next to the building that's vacant Most of the businesses owned by the Asians So the money never stays in the same location This is the truth this ain't hatin', if the church can't change it, then who should we place faith in? Some blame welfare, some blame the music, some blame the dealer, some blame the user. Turn on the news, let's figure out who we blaming. Many benefit off my hood from not changing. Exploit my culture, they aidin' in the betting. It's the black stock exchange, they buying and they selling. It's generations of self-hate and psychosis. In my hood, it's almost innate to feel hopeless. Predatory lending and banking in my hood, we ain't creating wealth, we just importing goods. But a change gon' come is what I tell the youngsters. This is a love song, I like to call it justice. I wish words Love is yours, young world. Earl, Earl, Earl. 
done work. One more. Hey, young world. This love is yours. Hey, young world. This love is yours. Young world. World is yours. Young world. Shed a light. I wish words could really tell you how I feel. But words are only really noise until. Everybody, welcome back to Live Chat Radio, where we are talking about how to start a revolution. Whoop, whoop. Do you want a revolution? Whoop, whoop. It's so appropriate. We thank you, Kirk Franklin. I'm looking We're at an image of Kirk Franklin right now. Where and is he? Oh, he's he right is. There. Oh, and he's the looking family. like he is feeling <laughs> the best. Golly, that is beautiful. It looks like your grandmother's couch. <laughs> It's nice. We love you, Kirk. We do love you, Kirk. The vest was (laughs) (laughs) white. So we're talking about, of course, how to start a revolution. We're in our new series. Hope you guys have been been enjoying it so far. Um, But we have our next guest on that has definitely started her own revolution. She's definitely a part of a revolution, and she started her own. So please welcome Miss Destiny Herndon De La Rosa. Did did I get it right? right? Yeah. That's awesome. Can you put applause in there? Uh, Thank you. Awesome. Right on. Welcome to the show, Destiny. Yeah, thanks for having me. Destiny has got the hair that I envy. It is uh, purple. And I love it is it. the deepest shade of pers- it's purple. Like vi- is it like violet or like a deep? Yes, yeah, like a ultraviolet. Yeah. It's yeah. destroying all of our towels. So my husband <laughs> is not a fan. Oh. <laughs> but your like hair is always something like it's purple or it's pink or this it's. This is true. Yeah. So we just have tie dye towels now. Right on. Right. It's fitting for you. Deal with it, it, hubby. <laughs> I mean, you know, he knew what he was getting into when right. he married you. Right. Get on with it. So, <laughs> so Destiny, tell us, um, tell us just a little bit about you before we jump into our conversation. Okay. So um, I am a mother of four. I live here in Dallas and have started a pro-life feminist group called New Wave Feminist. And we're um, really active in trying to be a positive force and help women. Um, this became my passion because my mother got pregnant with me when she was 19 at University of Texas, wow. and uh, it it just would have been very easy for her probably to have terminated me and not had to go home to her minister parents and tell them that right on, not right. only uh, was she not a virgin, but she was pregnant. And so just the courage that it took for her has always kind of inspired me. Um, and then, you know, I knew better than anybody not to repeat this kind of same mistake. But at 16, I ended up pregnant as well with mm-hmm. my son and really had to live those convictions. Right um, yeah. And seeing so many girlfriends of mine who were facing unplanned pregnancies as well and just felt very defeated, like they couldn't do it or their parents were going to kick them out or all of the different reasons that they ended up choosing abortion and how that affected them and negatively impacted them and just realizing that there was a lot of support missing. They didn't necessarily have the support that I had. And so um, my mission has kind of been to create a culture that supports women so that they don't have to make that choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how did you guys, did you found this organization? I did. And so mm-hmm. how did you come up with the name New Wave Feminist? New Wave Feminist. Well, the funny thing is we just as much as I wanted to create a new wave of feminism, I wanted to create a new wave of pro-life outreach as well. Because unfortunately, there is a lot of hostility and anger in the pro-life movement. Um, At least that's what we see a lot of. You Mm -hmm. also have people who who are working at pregnancy centers and out on the sidewalks um, in front of clinics offering women resources. And so 
that's a big part of it. But I think a lot of times what you see on the news and what makes the headlines are going to be the crazy people with the big bloody signs sure, who are right. screaming through bullhorns at women. Um, and that has got to change. You can't mm-hmm. scare someone into choosing life. You need to um, get on their level and find out what it is that's causing um, them to make this choice in the first place. Right. What are or the for it to be an option. Right. Or, what, mm-hmm. what are the obstacles? Why is it that you feel like um, this is what you need to do? And how can we remove those obstacles so that you are able to... Um, choose life for your child right and i feel like there's all there's such there's so much political stake in pro-life pro-choice and some of that i really hate like i hate that life is politics like i I, I despise that Mm -hmm. and i often also despise the fact that the people who we hear talking about it the loudest are men yeah like old white grody men who've (laughs) never bore a child in their entire life and they're the people who are quote advocating for life and you want to just say what the hell does that mean to you like what are you what are you talking about there's no way that you could possibly understand possibly understand what that even means and so i feel like a lot of times the reason why people turn against being quote pro-life is mm-hmm. because of that association. We associate pro-life with old white guy trying to gain some political... Yeah, trying to make a law mm-hmm. yeah. about you know <laughs> how you're supposed to live. And I think that that's, that's where we need to see a change. This has to be a cultural change. Sure. It has to be because we are loving women so well that they would never uh, feel the need to make that choice. And right. then ultimately it becomes unthinkable and unnecessary. And I think right. when it's those two things, then that's when the laws follow. But you can't create a law um, and not take into account the reason that abortion is so prevalent right now yeah. you know what 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 type of culture have we created where a woman feels like she has to make that choice no woman grows up you know dreaming of the day she gets to have her first abortion right. you know i mean this is not no, something that's anyone definitely not wants a it's not i think a it's completely devastating mm-hmm. to most women and even very pro-choice women will acknowledge it is an incredibly hard choice so why aren't we supporting women so that they never have to find themselves in that situation to begin with but then once they are there that they can make a choice that they can live with mm-hmm. um whether that's adoption or parenting um, their child because they know that they have the support to do it. And I think for me, getting pregnant at 16, there's definitely a lot of stigma around that, that you can't be a good mom that young and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. sure. it's crazy because my son, he, in one week, he's going to be 16, the oh, age wow. I was oh, when I became pregnant crazy. with him. It's um, weird. It's very weird. And I look at him and I'm like, I don't even trust him with a car, <laughs> <laughs> with a baby. I could imagine. But it really does. It takes a village, you know, and yeah, I had yeah. family and friends and um, a church community who supported me. Yeah. And so I think that's vital um kind of removing the shame mm-hmm. from it to some extent and it's not it's not that this needs to be um the ideal right you, right. you want children to be raised in a two-parent household right, where they were course. planned for and yeah. everything else but at the same time you can do it um mm-hmm. you know no matter what the circumstances yeah. are yeah yeah i was 25 when i had madison and i mean being a pk like my dad was gone by then but still the church you know they put a scarlet letter on you basically um when you're when you're having children out of way like especially growing up in the church like they're just you got a red letter a on you yeah you know i mean i think that the pastor actually at the time asked me to like stand up in the in front of the church and apologize yeah i I was like i am not if my dad would have asked me i probably would have yeah but at that point he's dead and gone honey and i'm like i sir (laughs) i am not standing up in the church are you insane look at all the women who would choose abortion because that way 
way nobody has to know about it. The right. shame's right. gone. So if we're going to be a culture that is supporting life and encouraging women to make that choice, then it can't go, you know, hand in hand with the shame. Um, there's actually a really cool ministry right now called Embrace Grace. Mm-hmm. And their whole focus is, um, I believe the way they word it is, the church should be the first place a girl runs to when she finds herself in crisis pregnancy, not the last. Sure. Right. And so they set up these um, mentor programs in the church that will just love these women and embrace them and walk with them through this time. Because mm. I do think that it would be very easy for most girls um, who, especially if you've grown up in any type of faith community, mm-hmm. right. to just pretend like it didn't happen. Right. Uh, it's yeah. pro- it probably happens more often than most people would dare to want to think about. And, you know, not only just do we want to love them, I've posted about this before, but the hardest thing to me about being a single parent is, and when I, I was 26 when, when Zoe was, uh, when I found out that I was pregnant, but this, the next thought after, oh my gosh, I have to tell my parents is, oh my God, I don't, how am I going to, I don't have the money. Right. Like I right. literally don't have the what resources. Am I Uh, to be able to provide for this kid and so instead of just saying go and do it how do you create resources real tangible resources for these women to carve a path of success and legacy for them and their kid and how do you create the support system and give them all the tools that they need in order for that to happen not just oh we'll give you something every once in a while or here's the number to medicaid or here's the number yeah, for basically some food you're just stamps. giving me resources yeah i mean information on resources right but mm-hmm. how do you how do we do more you know well and the cool thing i think in the pro-life community you have the pregnancy centers where you can go and get your proof of pregnancy which would then allow you to get on medicaid and they'll give you diapers and maternity clothes and you can attend parenting classes and whatnot but there are other organizations that are popping up now to support women um, in different areas. And so really what we're trying to do through New Wave Feminist is connect this vast network. It's a nationwide network where um, a lot of times it's divided by faith backgrounds. So you have Catholic churches that are doing this and Protestant churches that are doing this. And the Protestant churches don't necessarily want to send a woman to a Catholic resource and vice versa, which kind of sucks because we have all of this stuff out there that's available to women, but um, we haven't connected it yet. So the benefit with New Wave Feminist is we're a secular group. And so we're going to be able to pull all of these resources together and we're hoping to launch an app here in the next few months where it's kind of like um, I don't know if you're familiar with around me the app where basically you click into it and it can Mm -hmm. take coffee shops or bars or hospitals or whatever you know and you click the category you want and then it drops a pin where you're at and it drops a pin where all of the resources are all of the you know coffee shops are in Mm -hmm. your area we're hoping to do something similar so that if you're, you know, in front of an abortion clinic with a girl who comes out and says, I don't want to do this, but I, my parents are going to kick me out of the house and I, I don't have anywhere to go. We can literally drop a pen and say, okay, here are the maternity homes in your area. Let's right. start applying and find you housing. Yeah. Um, or here's the WIC offices or here's the Medicaid offices or, uh, you know, whatever the resource is, whatever the thing yeah, is right. that's, that's really pressing on this girl right. um, and causing her to feel that she needs an abortion, we're trying to take that um, obstacle uh, away and and out of the equation because I really do think, based on my own experience, when you're, I knew I was never going to choose abortion because I just knew that I was against it. But as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I remember so clearly wanting to rip my stomach off of my body and and you're just in this fog of fear and panic. And I think if you have someone screaming at you or judging you, all that's doing is adding to the chaos. And so we have to be that counterbalance that comes in and is the voice of calm and reason and love and support. And, um, you know, is really able to calm that woman down. I think an abortion minded or abortion vulnerable woman who is considering that as an option on top of all the fear and chaos, she also has this ticking clock because mm-hmm. as gestation, you know, um, continues, the procedure gets more expensive. The 
child becomes more developed and starts looking more human, you know, and I think all of those things kind of tend to put pressure on a woman, make the decision now, 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 you know, make the appointment now, call Mm -hmm. right now. And she doesn't necessarily have a chance to really um, look out and realize all of the resources that are available to her. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important for them to know what their options are, basically. Like, you have Absolutely. choices, you know. Um, so I, I think that the program is fantastic. How can people get in, like, get connected with the movement? So, um, I mean, there's multiple ways to get connected with the movement. And we always kind of joke that we wish there was, like, a pro-life aptitude test because not everybody should be doing all of the things. Mm-hmm. I, think, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's why you end up with people out on a sidewalk screaming at women through bullhorns who can't yeah. control their emotions. Like, yeah. maybe... You do not need to be <laughs> behind the bullhorn. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you need to be, I don't know, yeah, filing papers at a yeah. pregnancy yeah. <laughs> Data entry, please. Yeah. Right, right. Come sit at one of my meetings or something. Yeah. I, listen. Think, I think that really, um, you know, while New Wave Feminist is a secular group, I, I personally am a Christian, and so I believe it's a matter of kind of asking the Lord, where can I serve? Where have my sure. life experiences? Mm-hmm. Um, would they be valuable in serving in serving women in this way? And, um, yeah, there's, there's a multitude of different options for people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as our app goes, we are calling it Help Assist Her. So three mm. words, help assist her. And then, of course, it sounds like helpassister.com. Oh, help assister. All right. Help assister. Yeah. All right. That's so clever. Look at you guys. You little clever people. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a, a question. We were talking earlier about, like, the political standpoint from even just the feminist movement, like the pro-life, pro-choice. Right. And normally... Um, people that identify with pro-life are, they vote Republican and pro-choice votes Democrat. Um, And I remember seeing something on your page, like after Donald Trump came out with the video that he was talking (laughs) about, like you just like, oh gosh, Destiny just went (laughs) off. I, on this <laughs> on this message, I was like, man, she is going in on Donald Trump. Um, so are, are you do you consider yourself a Republican or a Democrat? I've, like I've, I've leaned conservative my entire life. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand a man like Donald Trump with with the sexual ethics he has. Mm-hmm. That's what leads women to abortion. A lot of times right. this mm-hmm. idea that you just are going to use women and exploit them. And so right. um, part of we go around to colleges and give a presentation on our version of feminism and what exactly it means. And right now what we see is the radical feminist movement, the current one, is fighting a patriarchy that for the most part doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so we like to explain to the college kids that we're talking to, and oftentimes they will identify as pro-life but not necessarily feminist. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of need to break it down and have them understand patriarchy is just a system where men hold most of the power and money. That's all that means. And so um, the old patriarchy was a guy would go out and acquire a bride and then she would have 12 babies for him and they would plow the fields and this was like Mm -hmm. a uh, you know it was the way that they sustained their livelihood livelihood back then okay that guy doesn't exist anymore so whenever we're on college campuses I'm like do you know the guy who wants you to have 12 of his babies and everyone laughs (laughs) like maybe in Utah but (laughs) here we don't have that as much Mm -hmm. if anything we know that children cost money now and even relationships cost money and so it's no longer profitable for for this type of structure so what we see is that sex has become commodity so we mm-hmm. still want sex. We still want to use women, but we certainly don't want her to, you know, bear the disciples exactly. all the day, all because 12. I want a flat screen. I don't want a baby. Like, yeah, that's exactly. expensive. Right. We're a very I'm materialistic a society. <laughs> right. So the new patriarchy is what we call the <laughs> Another douche. degree for yeah. the cost of the mm-hmm. king. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we call it um, the douchebag patriarchy. And basically awesome. these are the guys who, <laughs> you know, want to use women and exploit them. So it was very hard for me to put together 
I feel like Donald Trump, who's the embodiment of the douchebag patriarchy, yeah. um, with conservative values, especially family so values, weird. and mm-hmm. being raised in a church where it was very anti-pornography and anti-sex outside of marriage and anti-all of these things that this guy is. He brags about his affairs yes. and everything else. It just it did not make sense to me. Yeah. Um, seeing him embraced so much by the conservative community. It still yeah. doesn't make sense yeah. to me. It definitely doesn't make sense. <laughs> and they're still, they're still recounting, so there's still hope. <laughs> a very small percentage of See, the sad thing is, like, I, I think we had kind of two terrible options. We didn't really yeah, have any great options. And the problem is, I firmly believe in this two-party system, there's not consistency for someone who is pro-all life. So right. not just anti-abortion, but, you know, anti-unjust war, anti-death mm-hmm. penalty, all this. If you truly believe in the human dignity of a person that it should be from conception to natural death, you don't have a political party um, that, 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 that lines up mm-hmm. with you. Right. Yeah, you're making compromises no matter which side you're on. Right. Yeah, I, I totally feel agree. like probably most humans lie somewhere in between Absolutely. Uh, these mm-hmm. constructs that we've created that don't really represent anybody and so we're just all kind of sitting in well, confusion. Well, I think most millennials yeah. um, are waking up to the fact that, like, I, I felt very comfortable being, you know, a card-carrying Republican, which now kind of makes me cringe a little bit mm-hmm. that I was so proud of that because here I was. I was this young person, and I had conservative values, and that became the countercultural right. uh, yes. thing at one point because at the same time I have tattoos so and nose ring and crazy Tommy hair Laren, and all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that don't chick. even get me started yeah. on that chick. But, no, but, but then the – the, realizing how many friends I had, good friends and strong believers and everything else who were defending really horrible policies that mm-hmm. I felt like were yeah. anti-Christian, anti-Christ yeah. in a yeah. lot of the ways they were. Anti-human. Like not loving yeah. human beings. And I remember so what finally broke it for me was watching um, this busload of children who I guess had been from Mexico who had been snuck across the border by coyotes and so I somehow they had rounded them up and it was all kids do you remember this was like four or five years ago and young children on a bus and they had this group of conservative women literally like with pearls around their neck and they were screaming at these busloads of children and so the Dallas Morning News had this picture of this woman like just with rage on her face yelling at this bus of children and I it Mm. disgusted me so much because I thought as a mother myself the conditions in which I would ever give my child over to someone I don't know and have them cross over very dangerous terrain just because that was a better option than where I'm currently at. You know, and so the Christian part of me just saw the humanity in that. And if it comes to sticking to, you know, my Bible or the Constitution, I'm going to go yeah. with my Bible first. Right. And I think the good news is that is completely bipartisan. That's right. something where people, you know, on each side can agree, right. be well, good human beings. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing that we see with the refugee crisis. Right. Like, if we want to associate all refugees with the people who blew up the the World Trade Centers. Mm-hmm. They, right. Those are not the same people. Right. <laughs> they're literally trying, they're, they're seeking refuge. Yeah. That's why they're, they're called. They're trying to save their lives. Like, we're literally. a country of refugees. All we, we're all refugees. And I think <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, you have to realize, what are you operating out of? You're operating sure. out of fear. Right. And is fear from God? I mean, is that something that, do you want to operate out of a place of fear and panic or out of love? I right. think you can be wise, but at yes. the same time, I mean, loving our fellow 
fellow man is something that I would think 99.9% of people agree on, you know, right. just the golden rule, <laughs> right. but we're able to allow political parties to tear us apart so it's, often. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, the right. political parties, man, it's, it's annoying at this point. I'm like, I don't think I want to identify with anybody. Because they don't work. Like, division, it does not work. It's divisive mm-hmm. by nature. It's divisive. And then you find yourself having to defend stuff that you disagree with, but yeah. because it's in your political party, right. you feel you, like you yeah. need to right. you need to somehow mute it a justify little bit. Right. And it's disgusting to me versus just saying this is wrong. Right. Yeah. This is wrong. Well, one day you also wake up to that. Like, I have a lot of friends who voted straight ticket, and I saw some of their faces. Like when we started talking about it, they'd wait. They'd go, "Well, why did I do that?" You know, because you become so associated with this party, right. and so many people who are also associated with that party don't really align themselves with what you align right. yourself uh-huh. with. And so those are things that you have to, I think we're all starting to try to consider and take into account, even in these conversations about how to start a revolution. So revolution sounds like it's going to be super intense and we're going to burn things. And, <laughs> and, and what we've discovered is that the folks who are really trying to create change are very mild mannered mm-hmm. um, and they're very thoughtful and they're very intentional. I hate the overuse of that word, but it came out just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't just do things for the sake of doing them. They do them uh, with thought behind them and with a plan and because they have a heart for people to be better and to live Mm -hmm. better lives. And so um, it's just kind of an interesting trend. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely think that it's something... I always kind of joke, I don't do this because I want to do this. It's not like, I, I'm a mom of four. I'm exhausted all the time. Yeah, I, don't want, I, <laughs> I don't want to try oh, to start gosh, a revolution. Yeah, I really wish someone else <laughs> would go ahead and do that for Definitely. me. I don't want to start a revolution. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But it becomes this thing where it's eating away at you. Like, mm-hmm. why haven't you done it yet? Right, right, <laughs> Get right. on it. So it's not that I want to do it. It's that I can't not do it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're not getting any rest yeah. by not doing it. And nobody it. else is doing it. And somebody has to do it or else we're going to continue listening to the same rhetoric. And that rhetoric is not yielding right. any sort of real results all it's doing is causing more division and it's not bringing us together even though we fundamentally kind of believe the same thing well the funny thing is i've found whenever i've you know in that moment of being bold when you say i disagree with this and this is wrong and we shouldn't be doing this how many other people are suddenly like hey yeah, i thought too. the same thing <laughs> right. i'm like why weren't you i just didn't say anything we're waiting yeah. for you yeah. your hair is purple you have more <laughs> boldness than they do her hair is orange i'm telling you, you follow her that's one thing that i think is consistent with revolutionary is that you have to have boldness because that's really where it starts. It's sure. not like, I want to be a revolutionary. I'm going to speak my mind. No, I speak my mind and it just creates a revolution. Like it's just a part of, <laughs> it's, it's a byproduct. It just accidentally happens. It just accidentally happens. <laughs> I don't want to be a revolutionary. I'm good. That's how, look, that's that's the consistent uh, stance right. with revolutionaries. Well, really, it's like, I didn't want to start a revolution. And yeah. I think the funny thing, it was in this really dumb movie my kids made me watch with um, Matt Damon, the like, we bought a zoo or something oh, yeah, like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. And they have this one line where he says, most of the big things that happen are only, it, it, they only take 20 seconds of courage. And so if you look at it that way, you, I mean, mm-hmm. you can kind of be a coward the rest of the time, but if you have 20 seconds of courage every now and then, just <laughs> say time. something Go. bold. Right. <laughs> um, I think that the universe honors that and it gets momentum behind it right. so often. And then, yeah, before you know it, you've, you've done something. Um, and rather than, you know, we kind of joke about the slacktivist culture now. Everybody gets on Facebook and has an opinion about everything and they're mm-hmm. going to say something about it. But rather than it coming from, I'm just going to complain, I'm just going to gripe about this, really trying to offer solutions and saying, what's missing right now? And that's what we've kind of seen 
with the pro-life movement, it's gotten so negative, unfortunately, yeah. where it's, we want to take down Planned Parenthood and we want to shut down this and we want to cut off access, mm-hmm. but you aren't giving people other options. Right. You aren't giving right. the solution. Right. And so... You're just taking it away. Yeah. The and and um, the other day, somebody had sent me an email because a family member, they were doing Secret Santa, and she had requested for her Secret Santa a gift to be made in Planned Parenthood, a donation in her name. And the woman said, well, I'm just really uncomfortable with that. Is mm-hmm. there any... Um, pro-life version of this that would do all the same services just sans abortion and so i posted on my facebook and i said is there like is there (laughs) a comparable alternative that we can Mm -hmm. give to women and all of these people um rather than saying no there's really not they were like well here in michigan we have this this and this resource and oh here in florida we've got this they should check this out you know where's the person at and they can and realizing that there were alternatives they just hadn't been connected yet and about I guess it was three or four years ago, I had it put on my heart to create an app where we would connect all of these things um, so that that you could potentially help. I, I believe I was in a Walmart bathroom. That's actually. awesome. Yeah, wow. and this is where the dream for this came from. My <laughs> Thanks, uh, my child always decides she wants to go poop as we're like checking out from Walmart. <laughs> so she runs in there. Weird. It's very weird. And I was like, we were literally almost home. Why on earth would you? And I'm oh, so oh. frustrated. Why would you poop at Walmart? <laughs> Why would you poop at Walmart, man? God. I'm perfectly good to us at home. <laughs> and so I go to the bathroom and I'm kind of like griping at her and cleaning her up and Ugh. pulling her pants up and I take her to the sink and I'm washing her hands and I'm just like, why wouldn't you just wait? Don't you understand? I have like a whole shopping cart that yeah. sitting out there and like you had to poop here and blah 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 and then in the reflection behind me I see a pregnancy test box on the floor and so someone is clearly taking a pregnancy test in a Walmart bathroom oh. and I'm like as bad as my day was her day's worse you're oh not in a gosh. good place when this is happening and so I really don't know what to do but I turn mm-hmm. to my daughter and I loudly say I just want you to know I love you so much. You are the light of my life. <laughs> Let me put some positivity so in this bathroom wonderful. right now. And she's looking at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> but I was like, you were I'm, just fussing at me, mom. <laughs> but I really wanted this person behind me not to think to that just hear that. was like the yeah. worst thing in the world. You know? She's like, and exactly. This <laughs> Never mind. We're playing. But I was also very frustrated because I thought sure. if only I had a card that I could give her that you know had the all of the resources in one place that I could right. just slide under the door because you cross a lot of boundaries when someone's in a toilet stall you really (laughs) can't talk to them but if i had some way of offering this and so um, or even connecting it to the pregnancy test companies like they should be giving some type of additional information like just to insert yeah just like in the card right there like hey just in case this sucks for you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so destiny thank you so much for coming on to live chat radio this has been a pleasure um so you guys again you can connect to destiny directly on facebook and then what's the page for the new wave so it's going to be new wave feminists Mm -hmm. plural um dot com or you can find us on facebook awesome Awesome. Thanks, Destiny. Yeah, thanks. thank you so much. We'll be right back.
Callaway Management and welcome to our next life segment where Felicia and I give practical advice to creatives and entrepreneurs. So do you remember that song, People Don't Dance No More, All They Do Is This, Hey, All They Do Is This? Well, the ind- the music industry version of that song now is People Don't Buy No More, All They Do Is Stream, Hey, All They Do Is Stream, Hey, All They Do Is Stream. So the music industry has taken a huge shift from the vintage model of how artists are paid and actually make money in the entertainment industry. If you are an artist, you definitely need to be paying attention right now. Actually, you may want to get a notepad, grab a pen, write some stuff down, okay? If you plan on making major money just by selling your music these days, I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but you may want to stop right now. The digital streaming services have forced artists to become more creative in ways to actually make a living doing music. Contrary to popular belief, I think this is a blessing in disguise because it actually gives artists more access to generating long-term supporters and pushes them to connect with companies and organizations that have similar passions and their own network of devoted fans that can be garnered here are four ways as you as an artist can generate finances with your talents so jot this down okay number one if you are a local or regional or national touring this has always been and will always be the primary way for artists to make a living even if you look at national artists right now guess what they're doing 
touring. If you look at regional artists right now, guess what they're doing? Touring. So if you are a local artist and you want to get to the regional and national level, you should be looking at creating a tour for yourself. The more you perform, the more you gain fans and the bigger the payouts get. Number two, brand partnerships. This is super imperative. Finding companies that are looking for brand ambassadors for their product. And these are products that you probably would be promoting anyway without even knowing it. Basically, businesses that you support on a regular basis that you actually spend your money on, those are the companies that you need to target. This relationship can turn into a financial generating partnership for you. Number three, merchandise. Artists, you have to get merch. There's no point in actually performing and you don't have anything for your fans or your new fans to actually walk away with. If a music lover sees you perform and appreciates your music, they want to take a part of you home with them. So having creative merch ideas really sets you apart from all the other bands. So find something that your audience would love, slap your name on it, and sell, sell, sell. Number four, and a lot of artists actually miss out on this one, which is licensing. Now, this is not an easy task, but if you can stay consistent with finding the right people to connect with, this can end up in a consistent payout from movies, from TVs, commercials, video games. There is a lot of opportunities out there to make a lot of moolah, okay? If you need any assistance with getting things started, that's what ACM is here for, right? So visit our website at ecallowaymanagement.com for more information, or you can shoot me an email at estercalloway at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to our next live segment. Felicia will be back next week to talk to all of you aspiring entrepreneurs that need brand direction in your business or personal life. What is the meaning of a bird if it has no wings? And what is the meaning of a life if it has no dreams? Where is the power of a tree if it has no roots? And what is the meaning of my life if there is no you? You make me
And we want you to be a part of our live live chat radio audience. So if you'd like to be a part of our live podcast audience, email us at lifechatradio at gmail.com. And make sure you visit us online at lifechatlive.com. We can't wait to chat with you. You're listening to Live Chat Radio. Everybody, welcome back to Live Chat Radio. This has been a very feminizing show today. Feminizing, <laughs> feminizing fem, feminine power. It's been feminine power up in here. Do you I know. Hear me? I know. Our producer's like, it's too much. I know it. Too <laughs> much female be energy. Sometimes you better take that female energy on. It's powerful. That's how people come oh into gosh. the world. Destiny is so like. Yeah, she's a feminist. She is, but she's a different kind, you know. She's kind of trying to break some of those stereotypes of burning bras. And Mm -hmm. she says Mm -hmm. words like patriarchy, though. (laughs) So (laughs) And she actually knows, like, where it comes from. (laughs) The old patriarchy. Huh? Oh, you're right. Yes. And and one of the consistent things that um, I think I said in the interview was that most people that start a revolution don't do it on purpose. Right. <laughs> that's what I've that's what I've learned from our interviewees this yeah. far. Yeah, don't. you don't set out and you got to I think we should start to be cognizant of people who call themselves revolutionaries and they just go into it and making all kinds of noise. Right. And you wonder like are you really actually creating effective change? I mean, she had a really tangible solid solution at the end of this conversation let's make an app that has all of these different resources resources. Mm -hmm. that's our common ground whether you're pro-life pro-choice we can all agree that women need resources and the more opportunities we have for resources the better you know right i don't care who you are absolutely i I totally agree i like it too how to start a revolution um so you guys make sure that you stay connected to our website livechatlive.com we have some events that's coming up in 2017 we have oh man there's one so one i know in february one no one in january there's one Mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you offline in february that's starting to come together i'm really excited about um i'll tell you about it um thanks (laughs) yeah 2017 is going to look different for live chat radio um i know that we've been working on trying to transition our live chat live events this past year and we've made really good connections we only did one but we took a pause on purpose because we want to be able to um really serve this direction well and i think that 2017 is looking really good and it's looking uh, pretty exciting at least the first six months right (laughs) right the first six months (laughs) is pretty good we'll let you guys know about about the the latter half but first six months should be real cool yeah absolutely so make sure you again you can sign up to our new newsletter got to the website please do yes follow us on all the social media sites so we're on everything live chat radio you guys and of course share this podcast with someone that you um know needs to hear it so if you got anything from the podcast then share with a friend sharing is caring it is sharing is caring all right you guys bye bye